2: Disturbing. Don't make me destroy you. Do or do not. There is no try. You have failed me for the last time. Always do. There are a master and an
1: apprentice. You okay, Hoser?
2: I am your father, Luke. Give in to the dark side of the Force,
1: you knob. He saw Jedi seventeen times, eh? Hey, church planner. This is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And since Peyton couldn't hear any of that introduction, he'll have to uh, wait and listen to the actual podcast. I just had to play a whole bunch of Star Wars clips because um, it's Star Wars season.
2: You mean these were different ones than what we normally have?
1: Uh, Yeah, I was playing uh, Darth Vader, Your Lack of Faith is Disturbing, You Failed Me for the Last Time, I'm Your Father... Uh, Yoda, do or do not, you know, just some of the classic lines, of
2: course. And then I had to put the strange brew in there. He saw Jedi 17 times. Yeah. You know, one of my uh, ministry barnacles, those of you that don't know, I got three people with me right now who uh, are from Jersey and Michigan. And uh, one, one of them, uh, it happens to be the girl one, um, has not seen Jedi. Ever? No. You know, that kind of surprises me after meeting her
1: husband. Because um, he strikes me as someone who uh, would be into Star Wars.
2: Yeah. Well, everybody strikes us as that.
1: Come on. I, uh, I see. I wouldn't some- have married Jamie if she hadn't seen it. Like, uh, that that would have been
2: like a, a deal breaker for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get you. I would never marry Hector Mora, for example. I don't believe he actually exists. I don't either. which is probably why he's the only person or non-existent person in the universe who hasn't watched star Wars besides Jimbo. Yeah. I was going
1: to say, you got to throw in Jimbo Balaam. He hasn't seen it either. So uh, if you're wondering, you are listening to the church planner podcast where we are going to talk about church planning, but you have to put things in their appropriate order. We actually did get a review on, uh, on iTunes from someone who is very displeased with our show and was like, Oh, read it, Pete. Oh, well, I don't even have it in front of me. They're like, Oh, you got to fast forward through the first 20 minutes and blah, blah. And I'm like, You know, I wish I could respond to your your uh, review because I would basically have to tell you the first 20 minutes are the best part of the
2: show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose it's different strokes for different folks. I mean, you know, All I can tell you up. is that's a church planner
1: that is not going to be reaching my generation. If you can't, I'm telling you that
2: that's actually that's a way we look at it is we're kind of like look if you can't just relax and chill, you're probably never going to reach lost people. Now I well, really no, I wouldn't busy. go that far. I wouldn't go that far because well, you got to be able to relax and chill with people. You know, but here's
1: with- the thing: there are plenty of uptight people who need to hear from someone else who's uptight. So I think it think depends on the market that you're trying to reach. The segment of the population. He could be going,
2: he could be church planning to people who are 50 plus and have no sense of humor. So, as we're speaking, right, like literally one minute ago, Jerry McNabb on Twitter puts, uh, Hey, Peyton, going over church zero. He didn't put that. I put that with our core group after quoting from it in our Bible study. And then he tweets another one where he goes, They came for the Voltron reference, they stayed for the spiritual meat that followed. (laughs) oh i love it say mr angry reviewer is look if you don't like star wars you need to go rethink your life and your calling i would agree actually right now right now go go rethink it yeah go talk to
1: god about it i think i think that's when you got to get down on your knees and just pray
2: Yes. And you need to rethink everything. And maybe, you know, repentance means a change of mind. Maybe you need to like go watch Star Wars with an open mind. And okay, fine. If you reject us, that's cool. You can still be a church plan and reject us in our smack talk. L- luckily there is still hope for you, but I'm kind of holding out like Luke did for, is, for Anakin. Is there still new in hope? You. I can feel it. Is, is it a new hope? It is a new hope. Yes, indeed. And uh, if, if, if they, if they don't like me and they strike me down, there, there is still hope. There is another. What and do you so, think about
1: the whole uh, Star Wars? Or you know, they made such a big deal about how they're now on digital format and you can stream them. Yeah, I didn't get that. Oh well, see, you don't have TV. You've only got uh, the the smart TV. You don't have like regular live TV, so you probably didn't see the plethora of commercials and all the news stories. And now you can stream
2: all the Star Wars movies, like on Amazon and stuff like that. No, I saw it come up on my Amazon. I, I just I don't get it. Like, okay, so I got these Blu-rays sitting here. What's the difference?
1: Yeah, see, to me to me I, I couldn't invest in the digital streaming version because I've got all the Blu-rays. And the Blu-rays were already so expensive. So
2: Well, I'm not gonna watch Star Wars on my phone,
1: right? No, but like in my case, I could stream it onto my TV. It just makes it so I don't have to use Blu-rays. Like, I rarely use DVDs and Blu-rays anymore. I'd rather stream the
2: movies. Cause I can't be opening and closing all kinds of clamshell. Well, pieces, but you, you know. see where
1: my Blu-ray player is. It's, you know, it's up near the projector. <laughs> it's not like convenient.
2: I have to go all the way across the room and put it in and press the button and wait for a second. I can't be doing that. Yeah, so uh, So. anyway, uh, my favorite part of
1: the new Star Wars trailer, I, I really think my favorite part was the Star Destroyer crashed on the planet. Like That, that was pretty epic. Yeah, that to me was like, because you kind of always wonder that, right? Over all these movies, you've seen Star Destroyers crash into planets. And what happens to them? This is like the first time anyone said, oh, yeah, by the way, here's here's one crashed on the planet.
2: Did you actually catch that the Millennium Falcon uh, chase scene that they showed on that was actually inside the engine port of that Star Destroyer? Yeah,
1: I didn't know if it was that Star Destroyer, and I don't think we will know. But, yes, I I do remember seeing that. It was that Star Destroyer. How do you know? The Force. (laughs) You know what I thought was cool? Because you and I were both streaming uh, after we got done with Band of Brothers from uh, Jump School. We started streaming the uh, Star Wars Celebration, the the annual convention, fan convention, and they had J.J. Abrams and um, what is it, Kathleen Kennedy, who's the uh, president of Lucasfilm. Uh, all the actors. They even had uh, uh, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher there. Was Peter Mayhew there? I don't remember if he was there. Yeah, he was there. He was there. Yeah, and. Um, So one of the cool things to me was, you know, the the robotics guys brought out R2-D2 because they, like, made this R2-D2 for the movie and, you know, rolling them around. So, of course, all the fans go crazy because it's R2-D2. But then they brought out, what is it, like, BB-8? Is that the name of that robot? The ball? I don't know. To me, it's crazy. They made a real robot that's a ball that has the little piece on top that's always the head is on top. And they could roll it around with remote control. Like, I thought that robot was going to be 100% CGI. Like, I didn't know that they were going to have a real robot.
2: No, because Lucas wanted to do the entire movie in CGI of the prequels. And J.J. Abrams has gone back. He's like, look, I barely want to do anything CGI. Because that was kind of, there is still a reality. The eye never lies. You, you, You watch stuff, you can tell when it's CGI. There's just a quality, even really good CGI. You can, you can tell, or you can come with, there's just, there's a look, there's a feel, there's a vibe. You may not be able to tell, well, this robot's a model and this robot CGI or whatever, but you get an overall feel of stuff when it's real. And he's going for that. And I love it, man.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, and and one of the things that I know from film, when I was majoring in film, it's light. It's how light interacts, the shadows, uh, things like that. And it's, as much as you can do in CGI, you can't duplicate it exactly. Reality. Right. right. And that's that's what you're picking up on. And it's the same thing actually with uh, digital cameras versus film cameras. It's the shadows. That's the biggest difference. Mm. And, uh, and that's why your eye can tell, oh, this was filmed differently. Like You can just tell older film because it was actually film
2: and not yeah. digital. And that's because of yeah. the, the shadows. And you know the thing is, is that like this was our childhood. I, Anthony Daniels, a guy that plays C three PO, they all went up on stage, and I got to be honest, I teared up a little bit. Like I you did teared. not. I, I swear to you, I teared up because, dude, like seriously, I was let's see, seventy seven. I was four years old, um, three or four. I can't. I don't remember. You know, um, I was three or four. Um, but anyways, uh, for me, this was all my life as far back as I could remember. These, these guys were a part of my life. And so, um, it it was kind of emotional to see them all back on stage all together in what like decades, right? Except Harrison Ford wasn't there. He didn't show up. He's too good for them.
1: You know, that's what he's thinking. Was he not there? I did not see him there. You know what? You're right.
2: I didn't even notice that he wasn't there.
1: It's Harrison Ford. He's like, I'm the
2: star. You guys aren't stars. So so they had they had the black stormtrooper guy, right? He was there and he was talking. He was a British guy. And he mentioned that um, he had like a, a doll, like a two-inch, you know, code or whatever you call it, Japanese statue of Harrison Ford. and In his Storm stormtrooper costume. Harry, yeah, in the stormtrooper. And he goes up to him and says, hey, will you sign my doll? And he said that Harrison Ford goes, that's weird. But okay, I'll do it.
1: <laughs> All I can say is, and I said this to your barnacles last night who came over to my house to, uh, to experience the, the home theater that I've got. They cashed in on your offer. They did. They cashed in. Um, the thing that bothered me about that last scene were uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca. And Han Solo is like, Chewie, we're finally home. The thing that bothered me is how old Harrison Ford looks and Chewbacca doesn't
2: (laughs) I thought the same I'm like he ought to at least have a little bit of gray a little
1: right you know like just just a little bit of gray in the old uh, woolly mammoth there
2: it would have been cool that would have been really really cool if he just like a dog you know he gets a little bit of gray around the 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 nozzle you know
1: right I mean that's what I was thinking and plus honestly Harrison they in my opinion they should have put some color in Harrison's hair like, I get that it's like 30 years later, and now he's old. I, that's just not how I want to remember my Harrison Ford. Put a little color in him. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah, hopefully they don't do to Han Solo what they did to Indiana Jones when they brought him back as an old guy and made him this oaf and buffoon. I'm, I'm really hoping Han Solo is going to be a stud. Uh, it'll be tough to
1: tell. So, I, you know, personally, I'm counting the days down to December 18th, and uh, yeah. as we've said before, uh, we are going to be doing a gigantic – uh, movie rental we're going to rent out an entire theater and we're we're going to watch star wars and it's open to all church planners in the area uh, it's going to be 100 percent free um, as long as you uh, pay a materials cost <laughs> what
2: <does that> mean? <laughs> it means it's not free <laughs> it means you're not even renting the theater right you're just of course not
1: up. do you know I'm how much not. that would cost to rent a theater no way
2: Man, I, I love marketer speak. It's so cool.
1: But, but what I'm going to do is, <laughs> is I am going to buy a ticket just for Hector Mora.
2: Oh, yeah, baby. It's going to include popcorn and soda. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I will buy one for Jimbo.
1: There, I'm telling you, right there, that's a power pack team. I think right. everyone from, from all over the country should fly out here to Orange County, California for December 18th. Uh, I think Jonathan Ferguson from Kenya should fly back and watch the movie with us as a, a, a show group. in Africa, buddy. That's all we're saying. Yeah. You don't want to watch it in Africanese. You want to watch it in English. I'm just saying Africanese. You just made that up. I did. <laughs> so Barry's coming so, back yeah. from Wales. I mean, everyone's coming back to watch Star Wars.
2: I'm, I'm excited about this. My, my two favorite parts on the trailer, I gotta say, I agree with the, the Star Destroyer. Okay. So my three, my three favorite parts were that it, it was basically the first three shots. I like the, uh, the rest of it was cool. It was kind of filler for me, but the, um, the Star Destroyer was pretty epic, right? That was as epic, I think of a of a beginning as when the star destroyer first appears and goes overhead everybody talks about how blown away they were i was 3 i didn't know that was cool um but you know the uh that was epic that was pretty mind blowing cuz you think it's a mountain at first and then your eyes kind of adjust and you go wow that that's a star destroyer crash that's amazing and then uh, there's a tie fighter right in front of it which kind of is telling you like okay like this or sorry next wing. An X-Wing crashed in front of it. So, you know, this is an old. Okay, is that, that was, I
1: couldn't tell that that was an X-Wing. I got to go back. It's an X-Wing. If you look
2: closely, it. it's an X-Wing. And okay. uh, you can see the laser rod coming off one of the pieces sticking out. And you're like, okay, this is an old battle. And this is like 30 years later, right? And uh, so, you know, then the next scene is um, the helmet. You know, the helmet all like Earth burnt later. up, melted. That was awesome. And then lastly, um, the scene where you, you see this hooded figure and his metal arm is is touching tune. You know it's Luke. Yeah, it's right? got to be Luke.
1: Luke. I don't care what anyone says. That's totally because yeah, that was totally his hand. Luke. That was the hand that he lost.
2: And then when uh, Darth Vader's lightsaber is getting handed off in the next scene, that's obviously Princess Leia. It's a woman's hand handing it to Well, How do you know that folks. was Darth Vader's lightsaber being handed off? That's Darth Vader's. The, it, everybody has their own lightsaber, right? They all look different. That is clearly Vader's lightsaber. I can't say that it's clearly Vader's li- lightsaber. Go back and look. Look, Google Vader's lightsaber. Go back and watch that clip.
1: I don't. Why would
2: you? I mean, because the red lightsaber is for the Sith. But if you notice later in the trailer, they, they show a glimpse of a lightsaber battle. And it's two red blades.
1: I did see that. I noticed that. And honestly, yeah. I was kind of like, okay, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're seeing it. So anyways, hey, we should probably get into church planning, right? I figured she should have like a pink lightsaber. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I wonder if you could have one. Yeah, purple. Mason Windu has purple. Yeah, but he was the only one. And I honestly thought that was a bad decision. It should have been blue or green.
2: Yeah, I kind of liked it. Masters
1: get green, apprentice get blue. That's the way it's supposed to be. Is it? Obi-Wan screwed it up because he just always used his blue. But I'm telling you, it's supposed to be masters get green, apprentice get blue. Are you serious? Yeah. I did not know that. No, look at when Luke's lightsaber went green. He was a master. Wow. I didn't know that. That's neat. Yeah, so... But uh, yeah, so before we actually get into today's topic on actual church planting, um, which, by the way, I would just say that there needs to be a church planter in cosplay. That's that's I'm just going to leave it out there for uh, for the cosplay fans because you know Star Wars is pretty close to that anyway. But uh, before we get to that, we've got to do a little uh, a little sponsorship. Uh, uh, throw a little throw a little uh, bone to the uh, the sponsor that we got. So uh Peyton, let me ask you.
2: Yes. Can you give us a little Yoda? Oh, you want Yoda again? Why not? Okay, yeah, let's do it. For I Star think, Wars. Ma-
1: or maybe you should do the uh, do the uh the,
2: the uh sponsorship as Chewbacca. I can't do him. Only you can do him. I could be Han Solo. Can you do a Han Solo? Not really, but I could I mean you know I could <laughs> To pretend to be Han Solo. Well, uh,
1: it, it, we'll, we'll actually save our, our audience from any of this horrible uh, impersonation. That it we sounds did. like a bad idea. Right it away, really does. It sounds like a really bad idea. It really does. But uh, what I would actually just throw out there is our sponsor is MoGiv. And uh, we've talked about them before it, on the it, podcast. How do you spell that? I believe, and I, I don't quote me on this, but I believe it's M-O-G-I-V dot com. Isn't there an E on the end or something? Pete? There's no E on the end of MoGiv. It's just giv. dot com. Well, I will be doggoned. Forward slash
2: choich. Huh. But it, but That's... choich is spelled C-H-U-R-C-H. And and what you're saying is, uh, uh, so let me see if I follow you. People could like go to my website and they could give into my church's bank account by using mogive.com
1: Well, let me put it like this to you, Peyton. You know how most people get paid like every Friday or every two weeks or if they're a teacher every month. Okay. Well, don't you think in today's day and age where we've got direct deposit life would be much easier for them if you didn't make them write out a check, bring it into church. But if you gave them a way that they could just set up their, their giving, perhaps doing it online or even text-based, using their phone, and they didn't have to worry about it. Text-based giving? Why, Pete, that sounds impossible. Well, it's not. (laughs) And that's why MoGive is here. It's an online and text-based giving platform built specifically for the needs of new and growing churches. And I would just like to encourage everyone to go to MoGiv.com forward slash church to learn more. Okay. I, I think pretty soon they're going to be
2: canceling their sponsorship with us. They're going to be like, uh, <laughs> guys, Those the
1: commercials guys have leaning. just gone downhill with you. That's, uh,
2: they get a lot of business off us, actually. And they are good. If you're uh, if you're looking at going after uh, some way to make it easier, it's just ease of use for your people. It's a good idea. Yeah, it is. So uh, is it time for a little Doc Brown action? Yeah,
1: absolutely. All right, here we go.
2: Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic.
1: So Peyton, what is this
2: week's topic? This week's talk, topic is how to survive in church planning. How mm. to survive. So we got a call, you know, we run jump school. Jump school every month is an online, I don't know what you call it. It is the most comprehensive church planner training available online. It is basically the best training that we offer uh in new breed church planning, which is first century style guerrilla type church planning. Um it, it's what we offer on the ground, but we had a lot of guys ask, hey, I, I can't come and train with you hands on. So what we did is we put this together for guys already in the trenches. It's based on uh World War II paratrooper imagery. And it is like I said, the most comprehensive uh church planner training available. So we ended up doing this thing um and we, we started right away. We're like, we need guys burning questions. So you guys are listening to the podcast. You get what we dish out, but on Banner Brothers, you get to ask us. It's like a live, um, call in. You talk with us, uh, interact and we'll spend as much time. I think we spent almost an hour on one guy's questions yesterday. Um, so, you know, uh, yesterday it came up. How do you survive? Obviously church planning is, is tough. It is, it is a, it is a hard sport, right? There, I would say it's kind of like the MMA of ministry. Um, you take a lot of beating, you have to train hard, you have to be fit, and you can easily be taken out, injured, or, you know, thrown on the ropes. So, what, what, what we do is in church planning, we try to give guys, um, survival skills. Um, and I'm always upset twice this week, two times this week. And, it, and 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 I would say three times this month, but twice this week, I got notifications from two guys that I had talked to, um, you know, somewhere along the line, maybe a year ago or within the year, who just contacted and said, "Hey, I'm folding up my church plant." Now they're not in new breed, they're not in jump school, and you and I were talking, and I was upset. I I hate getting those emails and calls because I have a heart. You know, we do this podcast because. We care about church planters, and we want to give you guys you know, as much info. We want you guys to survive for the kingdom, right? We want, we want you to go out there, put a dent in hell, and do what you got to do and not come home in a body bag. But I, I was so frustrated, Pete, because when we were talking, I was like, man, this was preventable. This was absolutely preventable, and that, that's what's hard for me. And so I, I told you, look, I want to talk about survivability and how you survive.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because um, one of the church planners that, that you're talking about, uh, I, had, I had met with them. And, you know, it's interesting because I remember meeting with him and talking with him back in, I think, January. Um, it was either January, February, something like that. And I had dinner with him and a couple other people, and, and we were probably having uh, uh, dinner for about th- over three hours. And we really got into his church plant and some of the struggles that he was going with. And I'm, I'm bringing this up because I don't know this because I haven't talked to the guy um, since uh, since he you know notified via Facebook that uh, that they were closing down their church plant. But he was he was absolutely having issues with people who were coming along uh, with him for the church plant. Essentially, the core team and. He was having to deal with a lot of different things. Cause I remember talking with him in January. You know, he's like, "Yeah, some of my core teams they they don't want to um, even say that uh, the Bible is the uh, the word of God. It's the actual word of God. You know, it's it's more like just they just want to say that it's a handbook." And he's like, "And I'm not okay with that. You know, it's 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 God's word. I mean, right? Um, and that's I mean, that's one of the things that people got to realize is that when you're doing a church plant." You're not always bringing, uh, mature believers with you. In fact, it's usually the opposite, um, of, of who you bring with you. But it, here's, here's my reason for bringing this whole thing up. I knew back then he was having issues with his core team and he was about ready to have a, a serious heart to heart with them. And it didn't look like, you know, things were going well with his core team, but in his notification, that he put out on Facebook and he just basically said, Hey guys, you know, it's with heavy heart that we've decided to uh, close down this church plant. But one of the things that he said in that notification, he goes, but you know, my wife and I still believe God has called us to church planning. And so we're still going to do that. And to me, I really loved that because I almost took it as, Hey, look, the easiest way to unwind this situation with this core team is to close down this church plant and immediately the next day, we got a new church plant going, and they're just not right. coming with us. I mean, I don't know if that's what they're doing at all. I don't know that. That's but what I, they should do. I kind of liked it as a strategy for, hey, all right, look, you feel like you've, got a, you've had a hand in building this, which, you know, really, they're just a part of it. But, okay, they, they feel like they got some ownership of it, so we're going to go ahead and close down this church plant, and we're going to start another one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully this time when they start up, you know he'll he'll maybe get the mentorship and the you know the 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 training that that he needs because this is all stuff. The reason I said it was preventable was um and and this is not a commercial for Jump School, but I believe in what I do. That all these things, you know, it's funny. I I read another uh, article by a guy I really respect called Bo Cresetto, and he had written a church planner. Uh, excuse me, it was on release the com, And it was about why his church plant failed. And he actually gives kind of like a, a, a nod to us in long beach and says, there were guys in long beach who trained church planners. I could have learned from, and I didn't. And that's actually in the article. And um you know, it and there's other guys, not just that. There's a lot beach. of guys in long beach. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you know, I, I know Bo and I've got a relationship with Bo and would have been, Really honored to um, not just train him, but 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 also have his gifts and skills, and that would have been great. Uh, but but it's one of the best articles I've ever read. One of the most honest, which made it one of the best. And um, you know, we were talking at New Breed Leadership, and we we're saying, "Gosh, you know, you never would have thought that Bo, who's you know, he just wrote Beyond Awkward about evangelism. He's uh, you know, you normally when you have an evangelist, you think we're good to go. You know, we're going to be all right." But um, but but it folded and um, for various reasons. But all of these things, it's every time I hear the reason, every time I hear what happened, I, I know with confidence. I'm like, that's all stuff we cover and that's all stuff we train guys. We're, we're veterans. We've we've been at this. And so for me, even though Jump School goes for 100 bucks a month, to me, it's worth every penny because it's an investment. It's basically survivability for your church plant and the reason why is it's mentorship statistics show that church plants don't fail because of lack of funds so many people are like if i had money you know we'd be able to survive you can have money and statistically churches the more money you throw at a church the more likely it is to fail because you've taken away the incentive for them to do what they got to do and so we tend to work with churches who have no money um you know, with New Breed, we're not a, a funding agency. But what we are is we're a training agency. We are a training network. And that's our strength. And so where other agent, you know, agencies might throw money at you, we're going to train you. And we're going to ensure you're there. And in time, because you've survived, you're going to have the money that you need um, to, to do what you got to do.
1: Well, yeah, even uh, Hugh Halter wrote about that in, um, I believe it was Bivo. Excellent.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: He, he, I mean, what was it? There was some network that was giving out
2: like quarter million dollars to all these uh, church plans. He doesn't. And- he doesn't name them, but they can no, he easily doesn't. be one of three. And uh, and it was something like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You know that they gave away one year, and when they came back, I think two churches survived. Yeah, I mean, money is not
1: the answer. Money is the answer to a certain set of problems, but it's not all of the problems and it's yeah. just usually that's the one that we can see clearest right because you're like i don't have enough money to pay my rent or my mortgage money's a problem yeah but it's certainly not all of the problems and that's the, that's the thing that all of those examples bring out is that uh,
2: money will solve a certain set of problems but it's not going to solve all of the problems Absolutely, and and the more money, it, money does not reach lost people for you, it doesn't. And so, you know, I mean, you could, like you said, like you can do some things. You can, uh, you could do, uh, I don't know. Um, you could, you could send out mailers. You could, you know, um, throw events. You could do a lot of stuff, and that stuff will surely help you. But it, it, you can do all those things, and those things fail. And so, you know, there's certain stuff you need hardwired in your DNA and you need to like run stuff by. You need to be talking with guys that understand church planning, that understand what it takes. And so anyways, like I said, it's not a commercial for Jump School, but there's times I hold back. We but but you can find week. out more at JumpSchoolTraining.com. <laughs> but you know what happens to me is at a certain point I start. I start because I'm always bashful about stuff. I'm always kind of like, you know, people listen to this and we don't advertise the stuff that we do a lot, you know? I mean, we don't even talk about the magazine on here. We don't talk about Jump School. We don't talk. But then it gets to a point where I go, right, I do this because I care for planners. So now I'm at a point where it's like I'm angry enough hearing about this. I'm disappointed enough where I got to put that aside, bashfulness aside, um, self-promoting aside, I just have to say, guys, we're here. We're here to help you. And that's why we do what we do. And and so really, you know, one of the things that we offer is mentorship. Now, I do do uh, coaching, you know, alongside everything else I do. If you want to get uh, involved in that, just a personal one-to-one, you can contact me at Newbreed, uh, newbreedchurchplanning.com. But we provide that. I mean, I would say that anything in Jump School, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to break for anyone in Jump School, anyone who's, who's signed up to that, um, who says, Hey, can you call me or whatever? I'll, I'll do that because, uh, but they also get an opportunity to interact with us. So it provides an access, you know, we, we have a huge number of listeners on this podcast. So when I look at the numbers on here, I can't do that for everyone on the podcast. I wish I could, but, um, Jump School provides that platform, that portal. And, um, and, and so if I can offer that to you guys, that kind of mentorship, um, that's what you need. You need a Paul to your Timothy. And if it doesn't have to be me, doesn't have to be us, but you're going to need to get somebody who is going to mentor you and kind of sit down with you, reflect with you and chat with you. Um, one of the things that if you imagine the, the apostle Paul, uh, he is traveling from town to town, city to city. And you know, he's taking Timothy with him. You can imagine that in each city, they're doing stuff. Some stuff works, some stuff doesn't. I mean, you know, a lot didn't happen in certain towns that Paul went to. Acts tells us he went there, he preached, and he moved on. But you can imagine he's with Timothy and they're debriefing and he's training them and they're they're reflecting on on what went well. And Paul's able to teach him, well, sometimes the Lord does this and um, boom, 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 and then you see that continuing in the in the pastoral epistles, Paul's writing Timothy, and he's doing the same thing he did with him face to face in the epistles. That is mentorship. Imagine where Timothy would have been if he didn't get letters from Paul, like what we have. We only have two copies, but I can guarantee you that Paul wrote Timothy more than two letters. Yeah. So
1: let's let's um, talk a little bit about. Uh, the surviving, you know, the church plant. Cause one of the things that you brought up yesterday, we had our band of brothers call, which is the live Q and a call. That's where uh, the guys in jump school can call in. And um, if they can't make it live, they can always email us their questions or put it on the website, whatever And we cover it during that, that time. And you talked about something that I'd never heard you talk about before. And I was like, "Man, we got to talk about this on the podcast, so why don't you tell everyone what that is, and uh
2: really what it's designed to do? Well, you know he mentioned that um one of one of the callers mentioned that uh you know how do you deal with and and he himself deals with church planners. he is a church planner, but he deals with other church planners. He's kind of more apostolic, and he was saying, Look, you know i I have this friend." <laughs> Uh, who, um, he went through this, uh, really, you know, just blow after blow after blow. And I mentioned that when you plan a church, you know, it's kind of like putting a a bullseye on your forehead or a kick me Satan sign on your back and you become a target just straight out, straight up. You become a target. And so I used to always say that when people join my core team, I'd shake their hand and say, um, welcome to the core team. And, uh, I'm sorry your your life's you know i'm sorry that you've joined this cuz your life is about to fall apart and um so here he was dealing with this planner and this planner's taken blow after blow after blow and i've seen that rip through a whole core team but when you're the lead planner and you're getting blow after blow um sometimes you you start to it demoralizes you and it demotivates you and you you may not have the reserves and the energy and so I mentioned that, you know, I, I belong to this group and I said, what you need to do is surround yourself with a bunch of guys um, who are not, uh, they're not in your church plan. It could be other church planners. It could just be dudes. I don't care who it is, but they need to be people who understand ministry. And, and, and so what we do is called RPMs. We stole it from Dave Ferguson and the group, that I belong to stole it from Dave Ferguson. Um, I believe after the uh, webinar we did with him where he talked, he actually talked about this. And so, uh, I joined this RPM and what it is, is it's a, um, it's an acronym RPM for, uh, relationship, physical, uh, mental and spiritual RPMs. And what it is is like a checkup. So uh, in a lot of accountability groups, you sit around a circle and you talk like, you know, how you doing? And, and and each guy goes, and they just they dawdle a lot. Like, um, let's see, um, I'm, see, I I don't really know what to say. So the RPMs is kind of like a guide. So relationally, you start off and you say, hey, you know, I'm doing this with my wife, and I are taking a lot of walks. We're doing good. We're having quiet times. Or you're saying, you know, the wife and I haven't really seen much of each other. You know, we're dropping the kids off, picking them up. Um, boom, boom, boom. We're fighting a lot because there's a lot of tension right now. And you just have a place to get this stuff out. Physically, um, it's kind of hard to, to to hide that, right? Most, most people wear a bunch of fat on their body. And, you know, <laughs> you just look at a guy and tell what he's doing. But guys talk about that. Hey, you know, I was getting up early and going to the gym. I'm not now, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then mentally it would be things like, How are you doing? You know, your mental state are you depressed? Are you excited? Are you, you know, are you feeding your mind? What's what's your passion right now? Um, you might say, Well, I've been reading these books and it's really making me think and it's changing the way I I think about things. Or you might say, uh, I, I'm not really thinking about anything. I'm actually starving mentally right now, or I'm struggling mentally, right? And then lastly, spiritually, are you spending time with Jesus? Are you growing? Are you being challenged? What's God saying to you? And the, the rule of this is that you take as long as you need. So on average, our group goes from an hour to an hour and a half. Sometimes a guy spends five minutes. Sometimes we'll spend 20, 30 minutes on one dude. And everyone else will go five, 10 minutes. And it, it's not the same every week. I mean, sometimes you just need more time um you know and and the guys that I'm with are all in ministry, and they have all i would say all of us have been broken and uh, you know at some stage in our life we've been through some horrible tragedy um one of the guys in there lost his son, another guy in there um uh has you know he he has a a son with down syndrome, and he he'll talk about dealing with that and the disappointment of that and the the struggle and then the the resolution. He was a cop, you know. Um, uh, we've had guys that they were in ministry, but like maybe their spouse cheated on them, and you know. But nothing leaves the group. No, no gritty details. Anything that you share in there, I thought it's, you blogged about it. Oh, I'm sorry, all the time, all the time. I talk about it all the time, and and you know, it's kind of like that joke about the. I think I've told this. Before. <laughs> you told it at church on Sunday at the vision meeting. Yeah, I told the vision meeting where the the three pastors are out golfing and the one pastor is like, uh, Hey, you know, we should probably talk cause, uh, you know, we're out here three ministers. I, I know this is great for relaxation, but I need someone to talk to. Um, I've, I've been, you know, uh, looking at pornography, uh, and, um, and, it, and it's made me think in new ways. I'm starting to get attracted to the secretary and the other day there was a little bit of flirting and I need to talk before, you know, it, it develops and, um, you know, the, uh, the next guy looks kind of nervous and says, "Well gosh, I'm so relieved I'm not the only one here because I um you know i I've been really tempted by church finances. I mean we don't have great accountability and I've been dipping into it and um you know i I've been trying to cover my tracks, but the church is in debt. And then the third guy is looking really uncomfortable and squirmy, but he's not saying anything and finally one of them looks over and says, "What about you?" And he goes, "Man, I really my struggles gossip and I can't wait to get out of here." <laughs> I love it but uh but anyways, you know the and, and the other rule is you don't you can't lecture anyone. you know we're so used as leaders to uh and i I hope you're not used to this, but you know leaders often they're, they're kind of arrogant, and when you're lecturing people all the time, that's a sign of arrogance, and the rule is you just you just get to be, you just get to share. And if you want someone to speak into it, you can say, what do you guys, I mean, is it, can anyone help me with this? But by and large we listen and, uh, and then we end with prayer. And I would say every week, man, people are crying. You know, if someone's not crying when they're going around the group, people are crying as we're praying and it is, it's powerful. And that, that has been served. I mean, you could talk about anything where you can't talk with junk with anyone. And, and just a, a case in point. So like, couple weeks ago about a month ago about the time my barnacles got here i got some devastating news on the day that uh, they actually met me um i was on my way to meet them and i got this devastating news i was shell-shocked when i walked in to the room and uh, you even noticed you saw a picture of me and you're like dude you were depressed um it it affected me and i'm not the dude that goes into depression honestly uh hardly ever like i i can barely count the number of times i've it's just not in my mental makeup usually i can go for a long time i can take a lot of stress carry a lot of weight spin a bunch of plates but because it was someone i love and respect and someone close to me um who had to quit ministry um i i was just i, I was affected it jacked me up and i go into this meeting so i like i'm missing appointments which isn't me uh I, I I'm I'm I've slowed down to a snail's pace. Um even even uh Barry who works on the magazine for us, he's like, Are you all right? Because he just noticed like I was skipping, I was missing stuff, I was I was missing beats. And uh and so I go to this group and they're like, Hey, uh, you know, we it comes around and I I had clued in, you know, when, when Barry asked me is something wrong. I knew something's wrong with me. <laughs> and uh and so I go. Uh guys, I think I'm depressed. And typical guys, they're all, you know, they're like some of them ride motorcycles or you know, they're they're all pretty manly dudes. And one of them goes, Hey man, can we, you know, what can we do? Like can we take you out shooting or fishing or something or you know, help you out? Like and uh and and I'm sitting there and I go, I, I don't know, I don't know what I need. And as I'm sitting there, and, you know, it continues on. And they they really, man, they spent a lot of time and there was a lot of love coming across it. And I needed that. I needed just someone to, to hear me and for me to be okay and not to judge me and just to listen and to be there. And um, so anyways, uh, I'm driving down the road and I just, you know, I, I it just hit me like just processing that question. What can we do for you? And I'm like, I don't know. And, uh, and, and, and I realized it was kind of like the Lord just broke in and goes, you need to mourn this because you've been dealing with the fallout and the, the family and the the church and you've been jumping in and helping where you can, but never stopped to mourn it. And, uh, and I just broke man on the road, just driving down the road, just, just started weeping, you know, and in, in the presence of God, just, and I was okay. I was fine. You know, that got that out. You know, cried, mourned, took it before the throne, and I was good. Hmm. So I know that's like a girly, mushy story, but, um, but I need that. That is the way I survive is I've got a crew of guys around me, and over the years, I have had mentors. I still have men that I can go to in my life and talk to them and say, hey, this is bigger than me. And, um, you know, the bigger I get, the less that happens, you know, but I'm <laughs> just teasing. Oh my gosh. But, uh, but, but I need mentors and yeah. So, well, you know, um, I guess
1: the, the logical question is where do you find that group of guys, uh, for you to be able to put one of these together? And then how often do you meet? Is this a
2: monthly thing, a weekly thing? What is it? So it's a weekly thing and, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to walk into one that already existed and it keeps building. Like I wouldn't be surprised if over time it's got to break into two. Um, but it also ebbs and flows. Like I think some guys find it weird cause we'll talk about porn, man. Like, you know, uh, you know, guys will say, Hey, I got really tempted to look at porn. I didn't, or maybe a guy will say I did, you know? And, and so it's, uh, It's heavy, you know, and when guys are being that transparent, it's it's unnerving, you know. It it, you will if you're not being real, you're gonna be uncomfortable. Um because there's a lot of lot of realness, a lot of rawness floating around there. Um Yeah.
1: So where do they find one if they if there isn't one for them to go plug into? How do they build it?
2: I think you make it. And what I what I think you do is you just you know, um you just Excuse me. First off, you yeah, haven't listened to this, you know, um, that this would be a helpful tool. Shoot. But um, but you tell them, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I think, you know, um, would you be a part of it? And start with maybe two guys, two other guys. I mean, a, a group of three is really comfortable to get one of these going. You don't need more than that. And then it can build over time. You can go up to five, six, seven. Um bigger than that, I think it's gonna start being tough. But I think you gotta, you got to create guys that uh, like you may need to create this group. And like I said, it should be guys that are spiritual. They don't have to be perfect, but it should be spiritual. If you get a bunch of carnal guys in here, it's going to suck. Because you're not. You, and, and what I mean by that, I have guys that, that I can talk with that, um, that I know are going to point me back to Jesus. And, you know, the, the ironic thing is as much as Pete and I screw around, Um, Pete's one of those guys, like if I live by you, Pete, I'd put you in my group because when the chips are down, a, you're there for me, B, you point me to Jesus and C, you'll stop and pray. I remember the first time I was going through a rough time and you're like, dude, let me pray for you. And I had never heard you pray out loud before. (laughs) And and it was, (laughs) but you really prayed, man. It wasn't like a, uh, dear God, um, Jesus in heaven. Um, uh, thanks for my food and, uh, help Peyton in Jesus name. It was like it was like you really went to the mat for me. And well, every time, but
1: but to be fair, it's because we were on a Google Hangout and I wasn't worried about you getting struck by lightning during my prayer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think the first time you ever pray for me, I think normally I'm in the car. You know, I think once I was at an airport, once it, I, I normally notice it's anyways, uh, what I'm saying is that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for like people that are perfect. But I'm looking for people who but just so you know, I, I wouldn't
1: I wouldn't join your group because I couldn't be around dudes crying. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> and that is where you would miss out, my friend. <laughs> 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 if we cried and blubbered all the time, like that'd be weird. You know, It'd be like a, <laughs> Oh, a, a my bad gosh. Promise. That would that would be like a, a bad promise keepers commercial or like the dude in uh, Fight Club. You know, the guy it's that's kinda like it's kind of like on Sunday.
1: I told you my uh my reaction i was like man i might have to find another church to go to <laughs> but i'd be like oh, i gotta find another friend to hang out with uh, this this one's exactly. crying too much yeah
2: it's it's not like meatloaf on fight club i promise oh, you. It's not like that's that. a great
1: example oh my gosh
2: it's not like that oh, i love you and the guy's like hugging on him it's not like that at all that's um, so funny no they, these are men dude and 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 yet there is, there's, you can just see guys tearing up and, you know, I mean, it's heavy stuff though. These guys have been through heavy. And uh, so, but yeah, I, you know, they, they, this just, just part of the survivability and guys um, just know that with mentorship and with partnership, you can survive most storms, most of them. And, and I always think about it that, you know, yeah, you can go to a group like this and you can lie, you know, maybe you got, some attraction to some girl in your church and you want to go there and you don't want to be real. Well, why would you even go? You know, like why would you even go to that group then? Like just, but it's there. Like you don't, you could go to a group, have this chat and, you know, get it out there and get accountability. I mean, it's just, it's, And you say that you you have to, to, you're not
1: allowed to advise people, but you can ask for advice. Yeah. So it's like, you don't, you don't give advice when someone's talking unless they say, guys, I need your input. What should I do in this?
2: Yeah, and and there's nothing, yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing to stop us afterwards going to someone and saying, Hey man, um, look, you know, here's my number. You know, like like a couple of the guys in the group, they got this code where um anytime they need to talk, like right then. Um, so say a guy's like, Look, I'm really tempted by porn, he can text SOS to another dude, and that dude's on the phone, right? He might be in a meeting, but he goes, Excuse me, I have to take this. Boom. And he gets it. And so that's, that's, that's the kind of help that these guys are. And these guys are awesome, man. So they're, they're just there. They're in the trenches with each other. And we all want each other to survive. And there's an honesty, there's a humility. Um, it's just awesome. I don't know how to put it, but the spirit is there, man. And, uh, and I, I think that for church planners, man, that is good and mentorship. Is necessary. Um, you need these things. Um, and again, I'm going to go back to jump school because I'm, I'm ticked off enough when I hear of church plans failing that I have to get over my, hey, I don't want to sell stuff or whatever. But literally, um, we offer both of those things in jump school. There's the camaraderie, I and mean, we don't have a group like that, but there are guys that you can call on. There are guys you can talk with. There are guys going through the same stuff, and there's a community in there as well. And it's it's you know you get out of it what you pour into it.
1: Yeah, and I would say too that there's nothing stopping the guys in Jump School from forming that because we do have the comment section on each month's uh, material where guys leave comments,
2: and um, and if they want that, you know, I just say put it on there. Well, yeah, and not only that, but even within Jump School, like I'm, I it's funny because I was just like last night, I was just typing up something for jump school that I want to start telling people in a local area, you guys, if you want to go through jump school together, we will help uh, put together something where you can meet either on a monthly basis or maybe in this case, a weekly basis where it's kind of like a cohort, like a platoon where like you're traveling together in a, in a given area. So let's say you're up in like Salt Lake city or you're in Minneapolis or you're, you're in the same area where it's realistic to travel together, um, that's something that I want to start seeing develop uh, within the framework of Jump School so that there's stuff on the ground too for guys as it grows and as we start forming these hubs. And I would say too that
1: um, <clears throat> obviously doing the, uh, the face-to-face, or as we like to say it, kneecap-to-kneecap, belly-to-belly type of meeting um, has a huge benefit to it. But also keep in mind different personalities uh, react differently in different types of situations. Like for me, with my personality, I am perfectly great at doing um, a virtual get together. Like I do Google Hangouts all the time and I find them very invigorating. You know, I'm not doing them for the same reason that you're doing them. I'm usually doing them as uh, mastermind groups. Yeah. And there are some though personality wise who it's got to be face to face or it's just not going to wor- work for them. Like, yeah, they don't get enough out of it in the virtual. Yeah. And and if you're that person, then obviously don't don't do the virtual. But I'd say if you don't have guys close to you um, that you can start that kind of a group with. I mean, because there are going to be guys who are going to a brand new area, new everything, jumping in. And you almost like need a bridge until you can get that um, kind of thing started. You know, and I yeah. would say while you're needing that bridge, do something virtual. I mean, the technology is here today where you can do it,
2: yeah, well, you know, and one of the one of the things that I wanted to um to offer with jump school in future is the idea of special ops, jump school special ops, where they could go to you Pete because like yesterday, we had so many questions that were about tent making mm. and it was all stuff like obviously you're an entrepreneur, businessman, marketer. Um, you've got all these things under your belt. And so what I found really cool yesterday was you were getting a lot of, uh, tent making questions. Um, and you know, so there would be like a special ops thing where if you want to meet with Pete, you know, like once a month, boom, we, we, or even once a week, we would have that, that track. Or if you want to meet with me once like the one-to-one on a Google hangout, if you're not local, whatever. But this personal coaching, and and I would I would look at that as kind of like a special ops deal. Where it's, yeah, well, I it's mean we even had mentoring. it.
1: I had it last night when uh, one of your uh, your church planting barnacles who's being trained by you, uh, Jerry. You know, on his way out of the door, he goes, "Hey, you know, this is the second time uh, today I heard you talk about uh, doing coaching and consulting as uh, as a way to make your income." He's like, "I, I need to know more about that" because he's going to what is it Brussels or something like that to do yeah. some church planning work and stuff like that. And he's like, I, I need to find a way to make more income. And you know, one of the things we brought up on the the conference call is I believe for church planners, consulting is gotta be the best way to make income uh, yeah. because it, it leaves so much of your time and uh, and your brain power intact because consulting is just that you're not doing it for someone. You're telling them what they need to do and you let them do exactly. it exactly
2: yeah absolutely so yeah i mean you know there's all these different options you know for the planter to get his problems you know but i i'm like you know my wife it was funny when when we first got married my wife it didn't matter which stray dog was on the side of the road she'd be like, stop the car, stop the car. We have to get it. It's going to get hit and killed. And, uh, and and I love that about my wife. Like, I think that's an awesome quality. She'll take everyone home, every single stray dog home and nurse it back to help and, uh, and and help find its owner and all that. But that's how I feel with church planners, right? That's exactly what I feel. And it's it's part of what made me do this. It's part of why you do this. It's part of our heart. But at the end of the day, you know, um, it's a, uh, you know, it it it's it's there for you guys. Don't feel like you got to wander the streets and just hope you survive. That there is a there's a way of doing church plants that's just kind of. And I think one of our guys mentioned on hardcore church planning. Um, I think it was Ray Chang where he just mentioned that um, the way they used to do church planning, was, they, and and they're still doing it like this. By and large, they're still just. Chucking guys out and seeing, you know, if you survive, you're a church planner. Well, that's not how Paul did it, right? It doesn't have to be that way. So again, the biblical model, everything we've been saying is based on the biblical model of two by two. That you've got companionship and a Paul to your Timothy or a Jesus to your Peter. You've got mentorship. And of course, Paul says, train men who are also able to train others. Um, so train able men who are also able to train others. And that whole concept is mentorship. And Christianity is about discipleship, which is another way of saying mentorship. And so it's about being discipled as you make disciples. And so just keep that in mind. And if you're trying to run out there and uh, you're trying to do it without a companionship or mentorship, you're just being foolish. And you're flying in the face of New Testament Christianity, not to mention New Testament church planning, And that's why I feel strongly about this because I look at church planners and I think if we had tracked together sooner, seeing what you went through, seeing why you failed, I could have helped you. I know exactly what you needed to do to get out of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the, (laughs) I mean, that's the importance of mentoring relationships. And the interesting thing to me is, I think people have to be careful, too, who they get their mentoring from. And, yeah. and what I mean by that is I see this all the time in other industries. I think the relationship you have with your sending pastor is extremely important. Yeah. And they can mentor you in certain ways, but unless they're also a church planter, then there are things that they're not going to be able to mentor you in or the advice they give you is going to be harmful um, in certain areas because, you know, you're taking a relationship and you're taking uh, a person who has a lot to give you in one area and you're applying it to another where they're not qualified uh, to to give you that. And, you know, we see that all the time. And that's one of the reasons why when you look and we always use – sports metaphors when we talk about coaching but it's because they really spell it out so clearly you know in in football it's not just the head coach you know you're going to have all the special coaches um you're going to have uh uh, the special teams coach you're going to have the offsides or the onsides coach uh, offense coach sorry defense coach i mean you've got all these that specialize in a certain area Um, you know baseball you're going to have your pitching coaches And and it's kind of that same thing. you got to be careful who you're taking advice from because you want the guy that specializes in the problem area you've got to be giving you uh, coaching and and mentoring. And that's why I think it's important um, where you get that that coaching and and consulting and mentorship from. And just realize there isn't going to be a one-size-fits-all. There isn't going to be one guy who's going to be perfect at everything. Um, It's just – not the way we're made. I mean, we're not Jesus. As you pointed out in Church Zero, cha-ching, <laughs> um, you know, the example you gave is, remember when Bugs Bunny would run through a wall and, you know, there'd be a, a Bugs Bunny-shaped hole? Yeah. Well, you know, Jesus, if he were to run through a wall, there would be, you know, the apostle, the evangelist, the prophet, the teacher, the shepherd-shaped hole. Well, yeah. we're not all those things. No. And,
2: um, you also, know, there's a lot of, um, bad advice being given to planners, planners, like pastors are whores for other people's ideas. They really are. They, they're just like, Hey, I got the book of acts here. It tells me that I need to get on my face before Jesus in chapter one and be empowered by the Holy spirit in chapter two. And, you know, I really don't want to do that. And what I really want is for you to, you know, have me pay a few hundred dollars at a conference and I can just you can give me the quick fix and give me the secrets, the ten secrets to successful church planning. Mm-hmm. And I just this morning I get in my inbox from this guy. He's for like a couple hundred bucks. It's how to stop people leaving your church, and and the problem is is most of that advice is fluff. A, it doesn't work. B, and C, um, it's it's just wrong. It's just wrong advice. It's well, yeah, I mean when you boot a advice. car, sure it keeps them from leaving, but it's just not cool. Well, and, and the thing is, is it doesn't actually keep them from leaving. I I've I've I actually when I first got back to America, I bought some of this stuff just to see what are people teaching other people, and I was just like, this is bad stuff. For the first time, um, we're doing a book review in Jump School where it's a bad book review because I remember once in Jump School in a Banner Brothers call mentioning that, hey, there's some bad books out there, you know, um, boom, boom, boom. Someone asked, what books should I be reading? What books are a waste of my time? And I wouldn't name the ones that are a waste of time. And I got a little bit of pushback. One of the guys goes, hey, actually, Peyton, we're actually in jump school because we don't want to waste our time. And we want to know, you know, and he goes, I, I think you need to tell us. So this month in jump school, uh, we will have a book review. And it's a, it's a, it's a negative book review. Uh, because is that, is that the book review that Charlie
1: wrote? Yes, it is. Yeah, Charlie actually gave that to us for Church Planner Magazine. He did, it and we like did a it. year ago, and we yeah. were like, we can't. No, I mean, we can't shoot this arrow off because, unfortunately, this is a brand name person who could
2: crush us and would crush us if we started attacking <laughs> them. Well, and it's not only that; it's that I don't. I don't like doing that to people anyways. Yeah, okay, so he's wrong. Am I yeah, going to go Charlie after wrote him? it. Not us. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and and but am I going to go after him and say how wrong he is no and I pray to God no one does that to me either. You know, maybe someone will have a chat with me, but for my guys that are are actually coming to me spending money to say, "Hey, will you coach us?" Yes, behind that closed door, we will have that conversation and I will tell you exactly why or in this case Charlie will tell you exactly why. Um you know, that, uh, that, that this is not helpful because it actually goes against New Testament principles. And he spells that out. And so you just have to be aware that not all the coaching out there that promises to be gold uh, is actually gold. It may glitter, but it may be fool's gold. And so that, that's part of the thing you have to be careful out there. You know, there's a lot of guys giving advice that's just not biblical. It's just plain out wrong. It's, it's not even practical. It's not going to work. So, yep. Anyways, so, hey, um, that said, um, guys, again, if if we left you with anything today, companionship two by two and mentorship, to uh, your Timothy. And that's pretty much it for the wrap up. I dig it, man. I dig it. Why don't you sign us out? Well, hey, this has been the uh, Church Planner Podcast reminding you, if you want to reach the ones that nobody's reaching, You need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing.
1: Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by The Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com.